Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have the great pleasure of having Fernando Machado. Did I say that right? You did. Excellent. <laughs> uh, who is the global CMO of Burger King with me. And I'm so glad I said that right because I was practicing. So uh, <laughs> welcome to the show. No, thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation to be part of this. I'm really excited to be talking to you. Yes, likewise. And we have so much to talk about between all the cool campaigns you've been doing to what makes you go to work every day, what inspires you, what you're passionate about. I mean, we've only had a little bit of time to really talk through any of those things, so I'm super anxious to dig in. But before I bombard you with all my questions, tell me first, you know, what are you doing in your current role and why did you decide to take that on? So I've been uh, working at Burger King for about almost like five years now. Time flies. I moved to Burger King after 18 years uh, of working at Unilever, which was like an awesome time. You know, like, I mean, it sounds like a long time, 18 years. It never felt so long because I was always like moving countries, moving categories, learning something different. And then after 18 years, I started to reflect a little bit about like, okay, so uh, maybe I should try to do something different. Kind of like weird when your friends start to nickname you like Unilever, um, <laughs> and that was actually happening. And then I thought, well, to do something different, mm-hmm. I will pick something that is completely different, culture-wise, brand-wise, product category-wise. The system is different, like with franchisees versus uh, having to sell to um, to retail, having the opportunity to design the experience of the restaurant. And I was always like a huge fan of the work from Burger King. Like the work from like 10 years ago, 12 years ago with Crispin Portobogoski and like, uh, oh, I, I grew up looking at the amazing things those guys did, mm. you know, like a Sub-Seven Chicken, Whopper Freak Out, Whopper Virgins, Whopper Sacrifice, The King's Games. I could go on and on and on. So I, I grabbed the phone and I called Burger King. Um, oh. Yeah, they, they didn't call me. <laughs> I called them. <laughs> Um, so I had a, 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 I still have a really good friend that works there. He was the executive vice president for uh, North America. We did our MBA together in INSEAD. So I called Alex, that's his name, and said, hey, um, 
I'm considering uh, changing uh, and making a move. He laughed a little bit because, like, anyone that you speak, that you say, I've been here for 18 years and I want to change, the people, like, on the other <laughs> side, are like, no, you're just kidding. Right. You know, I, I'm serious about it. And, uh, and I think Burger King could be a good fit, you know, like uh, I was always very curious about the 3G culture. I mean, I'm Brazilian, 3G is like very well known uh, in Brazil. Uh, and I thought I could go make an impact on the brand uh, and at the same time learn a lot, develop my leadership style because it's a very different system. It's really like a personal challenge, not just a marketing challenge to change after so many years mm-hmm. uh, in a company. So I, I picked the brand because I felt that under 3G, and with my experience, I could make that brand shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a bit of a bat, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I was all in. I moved from London, where I was working on Dove globally, to work with Burger King in Miami. And the focus in the beginning was, like, to get the positioning of the brand right, to align everyone around that and align everyone around a creative ambition and start doing things that were as cool as the golden ages of Burger King from the past. And then it evolved to also uh, work in design, packaging design, restaurant design, signage of the restaurant, uh, uniforms. We changed like everything coming out of the positioning work we did. And today as SMO, I do that, mm-hmm. plus looking at all the initiatives around our food, meaning mm-hmm. uh, cleaning up the ingredients, uh, sustainable sourcing, environment sustainability, nutrition, and a considerable chunk of analytics, calendar planning, helping the markets to have a strong plan so that we can uh, keep the keep the business growing. Great. So when you called Alex and you said, I'm thinking of changing, yeah. what role did you move into? And then you've been there now, you said five years. So yeah. tell me about the journey. So bit. I usually, they don't hire someone to sit at a board level from the beginning, Mm -hmm. you know. So I came and joined the team of the CMO who was there, Mm -hmm. whose name is Axel Schwann. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's still with RBI, with Restaurant Brands International. Currently, he is the CMO for Tim Hortons. Like RBI, Restaurant Brands International, owns Mm -hmm. three brands, Popeyes, Tim Hortons, and Burger King. So he's now the CMO for Tim Hortons. And when I came, I was supporting into him, which was incredibly helpful for me because Axel is a guy who has tremendous experience in the restaurant industry. I mean, he was already worked for Burger King for a couple of years, and uh, his family owns restaurants in in Germany, so he knew how things worked. Mm -hmm. You know, he understood the culture much better than I did, and he knew the restaurant business really well. I came with a lot of experience in global brand development, global marketing, design, advertising, product innovation. So we end up, like, complementing each other a lot. Yeah. So it never, to be honest with you, it always felt because of Axel's style, uh, which is very inclusive, it always felt like, hey, we're, we're doing this together. You know what I mean? Like uh, we were building the global team together. There were like two or three people uh, when I arrived. There was nothing, mm. you know, like uh, after the acquisition, 3G was very focused on getting the business going. And uh, there was not much of like a global take uh, on things. Uh, we didn't have like a food footage database or a clear positioning that counters could use or a design that we were like proud of that we could export uh, to markets. So it was like a, a, an awesome journey that started under Axel's leadership mm-hmm. with me being the most senior person on the global team uh, under him. And then in the past, I don't know, like 12, 
18 months, Axel moved to Tim Hortons, and then I became the global CMO for the brand. But to be honest, I don't feel it changed that much mm -hmm. uh, because we were already working hand on hand, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, on uh, on every single project. So, yeah, sure, like uh, I probably have more autonomy uh, to do things now, and I benefit from learning and absorbing all uh, all that I could uh, in terms of the restaurant experience coming from him, which was really crucial to enable us to do the things that we're doing today in advertising, in design, in food quality, and in every single front. Wow, okay. So very, very interesting. You know, you're about the... I've interviewed quite a few people now. I think you're like the sixth or seventh person I've talked to that has had a lot of experience from Unilever mm -hmm. in their background. And when you were at Unilever, it seems like the threat is to kind of stay for quite a while, actually. Mm -hmm. But you were there a long time, 18 years. Yes, yeah. I started as an intern. You started as an intern, right, yes. right. <laughs> and I keep hearing a consistent theme from the people that I have interviewed who say they learned so much from being at Unilever. So tell me a little bit about what you see as some of the things that you took away from the first part mm -hmm. of your career before you, yeah. you became part of this. So I think that I was always very lucky to work for people that I admired and or to have people who volunteered almost like to be a coach. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I've always felt that Unilever that I was given special attention in terms of developing my brand development skills, meaning marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm a mechanical engineer. Oh, wow. I, I studied mechanical engineering in college. I started in my internship in Unilever in a factory. Oh yeah. I was on the shop floor of the factory for two years. I played on the factory soccer team. Um, <laughs> we, we never won. It was not that good. And then I moved to marketing. Everything I've learned prior to Burger King, I've learned because of the fact that Unilever is so good uh, at developing people. So it's not a surprise when I hear you saying, oh, I spoke a lot of people that like have had like a, a past with Unilever. Well, Unilever is a really strong marketing school, in mm. my view. And I still have like many friends there. I get along really well with the guys. We keep in touch uh, all the time, to be honest. And um, it's just that for me, it was time to try to do something different. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think I I did a lot of different things in Unilever. I lived in Brazil. I lived in Mexico. I lived in New York. I lived in London. I work in foods, savory. I work in skin cleansing. I work in skin care. Uh, I work in home care. So it never felt always the same, mm -hmm. but it was always the same company. Mm -hmm. So I, I started to have this itch about <laughs> trying to do uh, something different and proving myself in an environment that's not my comfort zone. Uh, but it's that. an amazing company. Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting to hear you say that it was a strong marketing school because yeah. um, I remember I interviewed uh, Keith Weed last year around the programs he was putting in place to help augment the digital acumen yeah. across the board. I think, what, five to 6,000 marketers? I can't remember the exact number, yeah. but called the connected world. So um, that was very interesting. Okay, so you wanted to do something outside your comfort zone. Very important. So you took this on, and now you just got an award yesterday for being a brave brand, yeah. which I love because you took risks and you're making everybody else get outside their comfort zone, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so tell me about that. I think that when I said I call Burger King and I say I, I grew up admiring the work that Crispin Porter Bogoski used to do uh, back then, 
I mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I, it was like the best work when I was a young marketeer, mm-hmm. a younger marketeer. I judge myself still relatively young. Or not, maybe. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so when I came, I wanted to do something that was at the caliber of that, which is insanely ambitious, I would say, <laughs> because that's the work that I admire the most. I've done some really cool stuff on my past at Unilever, mm-hmm. especially on Dove, but also on Vaseline, like on all those brands. There's such strong brands. But I really, when we started at, uh, at Burger King, the brand was not at its best. The brand is not the largest in the QSR category. Uh, the brand has a challenger kind of like spirit. Mm-hmm. So uh, to me, it was obvious that if you want to stand out and if you want to have a chance of winning, I, I, I would need the idea and the talkability around the, idea, the ideas that we brought to the table to, to do the job for me. I cannot rely on an advertising budget to do that. Mm-hmm. I cannot rely on GRPs to overcompensate for average ideas. And honestly, most of the things back then were, it's not that they were terrible, but they were just like very generic. Mm-hmm. You know, like they, they could potentially even work for a different brand as long as you have the investment behind. And I think that the ambition was, let's do things that people will look and say, oh, my God, only Burger King could pull that off. Mm-hmm. You know, that's quintessentially like Burger King. Mm-hmm. No other brand. And, and that, to me, comes from the idea, the values and personality of the brand, the spirit embedded on the idea and how bold and daring it is because the brand is bold and daring. And it is, and I need that mm-hmm. uh, so that I can stand out in the super cluttered environment that we have today. And when I present sometimes, I say like a phrase from Mark Zuckerberg is like, uh, the biggest risk is not taking any risk, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that the biggest risk is actually doing generic, plain vanilla, category, generic work. Right. And we try to break from that by doing things that are daring and a little bit out there uh, every now and then. And so far, so good. You know, and, and the thing is, the more you do brave work, the more you do this type of work, in the beginning, it's tough. Um, anything that's different will suffer some resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when people start to see that it works, and even when it doesn't work, it doesn't hurt, Yeah. yeah? <laughs> uh, then uh, you can increase the frequency of those ideas. So today, we are like a machine yeah. uh, of bringing cool ideas um, uh, to the table. With the Ed Club of New York, we won like the bravery uh, mm-hmm. recognition this week. I think it's the third year in a yeah. row we won with my uh, Mac Whopper, and we also won with Burning Stores, and wow. now we won with Scary Clown Night, which, by the way, is from three different agencies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. Uh, so um, that's the other thing. I think we are very fortunate to have like really strong agency partners who share our creative ambition and help us stand out in the clutter environment that we have to to face every day. That is so cool. And I do remember when you did the Mech Whopper. I know that's a couple of years ago now. Yeah. But that was so cool. Like, that was just a really interesting approach and invitation. Yeah. I'm sure everybody in marketing remembers it. But do you want to just quickly talk about that? And I want to go right to Scary Clowns. Yeah, that's I just my, yeah. saw that. Mech Whopper is one of my favorite ideas ever that I had the chance to uh, to participate. The idea came up from YNR in New Zealand. So we're in New Zealand. They do work for Burger King in New Zealand. And our teams, usually they know what we're trying to do. You know, like they know like the spirit of the brand and they know that we want to make these things global and in scale. So our local client, BK uh, New Zealand, they call me saying like, hey, we have an idea that we want to share with you. And I say like, sure, like, uh, do to talk? No, 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 we are going to send you a video. So I'll never forget this. 
I got an, a, a link on my email that had a really like rough video kind of like explaining the idea. I haven't even finished watching the video. <laughs> I replied immediately uh, to the guys. It was Josh, Tone, and Jono, who were, back then were like the, the, the core of the team on YNR New Zealand, saying like, man, we, we have to do this. We will do this. There were some curse words on the on my answers. I'm, that's the clean version. If you guys Google, you see what, exactly what I said because they they posted my email somewhere on the oh, internet. Oh, um, But um, yeah, so let's do it. And then it took us some time mm-hmm. to do it because it's an idea that has to happen on a certain date, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Peace Day is September twenty first. Right. So we wanted to launch like a month before to give proper time. If McDonald's said yes for us to, yeah. to to do the thing together, yeah, it was like an amazing project. It was awesome to work with those guys, with like a completely different time zone. Yeah. I was in New Zealand visiting them. They came to New York a couple of times, and we pulled off what probably was the biggest, most talked about campaign uh, of that year. Like Mac Whopper has more than ten billion impressions. Wow! Uh, and um, it got talked about absolutely in every single corner. Uh, of the planet uh, and, the, and again going back to your previous question like the media budget on that idea is very low mm-hmm. right I mean we did uh, two two full page traditional media newspaper <laughs> ads yeah. which were the open letter one of the New York Times and one of the Chicago Tribune and uh, and we did a, a handful of like out of homes uh, more to take the picture and, and use it mm-hmm. in social than to have a reach through a, a strong out of home plan in the end, McDonald's decided to uh, to not join forces on, on that activity. They ended up like doing something else around Peace Day, which we joined. Uh, all good, it's all for a good cause. There were other brands that raised their hand, uh, offering to do the kind of like the McWhopper, which we called like the Peace Day Burger. Yeah. Uh, there were like four other brands. I, I try to remember like those Crystals, uh, Wayback Burger. Giraffes and Dennis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, believe it or not, it's harder to do it than it sounds. But we did source ingredients from the five different brands and created this beast, uh, <laughs> which was the the, the pista burger. And we did serve for free uh, in Atlanta, uh, which is where the location that we decided to do um, yes. the activation, the pista burger. So it was it was good for everyone. It was good for us. Uh, it was good for the brands that joined the effort. It was awesome for Peace One Day. Jeremy Gilly, who is the founder of uh, Peace One Day, says uh, publicly that that was the single most powerful activation ever done for the Peace One Day uh, brand. Yeah, so it was like really, really cool just making the brand relevant with a wink. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the spirit that Burger King has. That's mm-hmm. what comes from our personality. So it's a really cool idea who got a ton of like recognition like everywhere. McWhopper yeah. won two Grand Prix in Cannes. It won six yellow pencils on the D&D. It's crazy. Like, yeah. never again. <laughs> uh, that, well, it was so mm-hmm. genius. I mean, I revisited your... The page is still live. The invite is yeah. still available for yeah. people to see. And uh, I revisited... I mean, all the details you took about how this would work and the logistics yeah. and the... I think it was, it was just obviously... doesn't matter what I think. Like you just said, you won two Grand Prix in Cannes. No, so. but like... Uh, but I think it's like there are ideas that win uh, advertising awards, but they don't make to the WhatsApp of my mom. <laughs> you, you see what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. Our world is really small, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if you are in this industry, I think that an idea like McWhopper really like uh, transpassed like the advertising world and became part of pop culture. So that's when 
That's to me is the, the biggest award. I think it's awesome uh, when we get uh, recognition from the industry in Cannes, the ANG, One Show, Clio, Andy. It gets the team super excited, motivated, especially on the, the, the agency side. I don't make any bonus out of award shows, <laughs> uh, but um, it's very flattering to see the recognition. But I think the biggest recognition is when an idea gets talked about in a bar. Right. You know what I mean? Like when an idea uh, gets talked about in a bar in Argentina, in Sao Paulo, in London, in Berlin. Like it, that was what happened in every single corner of the world. People were talking about Mac Whopper. Uh, and it's great that we were able to, to replicate that. Scary Clown. Like, yeah, let's uh, talk about yeah. that. Scary, Scary Clown was like a, a, a similar in the sense that it's an idea that's a little bit out there and also like became part of pop culture. We saw the trend around clowns, right? I mean, that started, I think, in 2016. There was this whole thing with, like, people with scary clowns and strange things, like, happening yeah. sometimes <laughs> and, uh, and stuff like that. And then in 2017, we had um, the movie It. Yeah, coming, I remember that. And we were checking, even, like, search terms. Like, I think the clowns were, like, searching higher than vampires prior to Halloween for the first time in history. Like, very good statistic thrown by the marketing guy. But, like, there is a little bit of, like, method to our madness, too. We, know, we just don't jump on something. When we did Whopper, we knew people would love it. We mm-hmm. did research. Like, you know, Scary Clown was the same thing. We knew it could be a big hit. So, last Halloween, what we did was we invited people to come uh, dressed as a clown to get a free Whopper. Uh, and again, like, it's not mean-spirited or anything like that. It's just, like, the world needs more smiles. You know what I mean? Like, I think that sometimes, like, everything's, like, doom and gloom and, and too serious. And uh, Burger King is a fun brand. Fast food is fun. People usually, when they bite a burger, they smile. Yeah? <laughs> so we, we try to uh, to bring that emotion uh, to life, like, in a, in a funny bit crazy, a little bit out their way. And people go with it. I mean, yeah. Scary Clown, last year, we had more than 120,000 people showing up dressed as a clown. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, it's unbelievable, right? A lot of clowns. Uh, we had, like, I think we activated in more than 30 different countries. Um, it drove sales to the restaurants that activated. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a win-win uh, for everyone. People get it's a joke. No one was like, oh, Burger King, stretch talking, competitor. No, no, they, they get it. People yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a really fun one, sure. And that was the campaign that won the Brave Award at Club of New York. This and that was a great event. I really, yeah. really enjoyed that. Me that too. was really nice to see that and recognize all the brands that are doing some cool things in this campaign. But can I can I ask an obvious question? Yeah. So scary clowns. A couple of those clowns look all awfully like another character that I know. Mm-hmm. Is it meant to be or not meant to be? Uh, we, what we did there was like we empowered people to do whatever they want, okay. right? I mean, uh, it was funny because the discussions were like, well, I mean, if someone shows up in the restaurant just with a clown nose, yeah. do we give the burger or not? <laughs> I'm like, come on, give the freaking burger, you know? Like, <laughs> I'm going to want to have like, the discussion of what, yeah. what constitutes a clown and what not. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that uh, the mascot of my main competitor is a very iconic Mascot, so yeah. I think that naturally people tended to gravitate towards that and towards Pennywise. I think that's how it's called, the mm-hmm. it uh, clown, because the movie was there too. So there were some classic uh, clowns. There are some crazy clowns too. Yeah, but it's never mean spirited. We don't do bullying, right? You know, like uh, we like to do things that people will be left not with a bitter taste, but like uh, with like 
fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it was fun. It was exciting. We watched it yesterday at the Ed Club. So that yeah. was really cool. Yeah. So when you and I chatted before, and unfortunately we're going to run out of time soon, so I'm going to I'm going to ask you just a couple more questions. A couple are really important. You were talking about moving at the speed of pop culture. I yeah. love the way you say that. Tell me what that means. To us, it's like the PR cycles, the, the news cycles, and like uh, the things that people are talking about, they are much more frequent and by a much shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, what we are talking this week here in the U.S., uh, it's not going to be the same probably like next week. Sure, there are some topics that are longer than that, but yeah. usually like uh, what, what's a hit in terms of PR or in terms of like news, people just move on uh, to the next thing. So what we try to do is uh, we have a brand positioning, right? Mm-hmm. And everything should link back to the brand positioning that we have. But what we try to do is to predict or to uh, foresee where things are going. You know, like uh, what people are going to be talking about, what's going to be pop culture next week, the following one, so on and so forth. I think a good example of that is like um, the Whopper Neutrality campaign mm-hmm. uh, that we did. Right. I mean, I, I didn't even know what net neutrality was. Um, and then the agency guys came to me and said, like, man, like, look at this. The trends map is showing net neutrality as hashtag trending in every single state in the U.S. And today, uh, I think it was the same day that uh, there was a Star Wars movie coming out. Wow. And it's like, man, net neutrality is killing Star Wars <laughs> uh, on, as a trend topic. So, like, let, what is that? How, how, like, what's going on there? And then we go and then we try to find an idea to almost, like, insert the brand uh, into that conversation. But it cannot be just, like, a random generic idea. It needs to be an idea that links back to the brand. Mm-hmm. Google Home of the Whopper. Yeah, it's kind of like that too. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people are talking about privacy issues, how technology uh, is replacing people and this and that. So we basically like hijacked a little bit the conversation. I mean, last week we launched a campaign around AI, mm-hmm. uh, artificial intelligence, like making fun of artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Like uh, we basically like um, pretended we were launching a campaign that was all done by AI. And uh, and when you see the spots, they they are crap. You know, like they're typical, like uh, they're typical, like uh, you talking to, you trying to get a good advice from Siri. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like so because we know that's hot mm-hmm. in pop culture because we right. know that conversation is happening now. So moving at the speed of pop culture to me means let's let's insert the brand uh, into conversations. Let's try to predict where things are going, and let's make the brand more relevant. But having the brand being talked about mm-hmm. by people, Mac Whopper, uh, Proud Whopper, uh, Google Home of the Whopper, Scary Clown Night, you know, and we'll keep doing those things because we know that they pay off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very, very exciting. So I have two more questions for you. Yep. So I'm going to just open it up to you entirely, which is if you wanted to make a recommendation to a marketer out there today, whether they're on the brand side or the agency side. Mm-hmm. You know, what would you say to them to be able to keep up with some of the things that you're talking about, especially in moving at the speed of pop culture or in their career? I I would probably have a different advice depending on whether you're on the client side or uh, on the agency side. Okay, please tell me. Uh, And I'll explain why. I think that on the client side, I think that in our case, what we do really well is we understand our brand really well. So I think you should understand your brand really well. <laughs> uh, I think we 
develop a, a taste for what great advertising is, and it is an acquired taste. It's not like it took me 10 years of my career to still like an ad that I did one year after I did it. Mm. Do you understand? So yeah. I was learning so much that I would do something like, oh, this is amazing. And then one year I was like, what I was thinking yeah. like, to do that. You know what I mean? So uh, know your brand, uh, develop an acquired taste, read the publications of the industry, see what's going on on the award shows. If you, mm-hmm. if you have the opportunity to go to Cannes, go to the one show, go to the A&G. Uh, you don't have to go to all of them on the same here. But like, <laughs> you need to develop that acquired taste. And then after you know your brand and after you have the taste, do it mm-hmm. you know like just do it yeah. lots of people come to me and say like hey you take risks but aren't you afraid yes of course we are afraid all the time like yeah. I'm but if I'm not afraid I'm not doing something that's pushing the boundaries like being afraid fear uh, in our case is a consequence of doing something that's different yeah and to succeed you will need to do something that's different I'm sorry okay. so de- you have to deal with that fear yeah uh, I don't think we are fearless. Uh, we are always afraid, but we do it. Yeah, uh, regardless. So, as a marketeer, know your brand really well, develop your taste, do it. On the agency side, what I would say is like help your fellow marketing guy client uh, on the other side do these three things. You know, like. A, yeah. Oh, my client, I, I like, there is no perfect client. Right. Uh, the word client is already wrong. Like, uh, it's <laughs> terrible, right? Uh, it should be a partner. There is no perfect client. Like, we are not perfect by no means. I'm a pain in the ass. <laughs> you know, like, you can ask any of the agencies that work with, uh, with me. Like, uh, there is no, no such thing. Sometimes people come to me like, oh, I wish my client was like, you don't know me. Uh, <laughs> you will regret that decision. Uh, it comes with, like, several, like, downsides. Um, but anyway help the client you know instead of like oh these guys are never going to do anything uh, they don't get it well it's your fault too you know like uh, hold yourself accountable uh, help the, the the client understand that if he or she does better creative it will yield to better results you know understand the brand better than the client does like understand the business of the client inside and out you know know how sales are doing you don't know the pressure that the client side has you know, you go to the agency and you, you're not there on like on the battlefield. If you think that your client doesn't know much about advertising, I bet with you that his or her boss knows even less. Yeah. yeah? <laughs> uh, so help those folks, you know, by getting close, by having a little bit of empathy, uh, by understanding the brand, by helping the person develop a taste. Mm-hmm. There is always someone on the client side that wants to do good work. Make that guy famous. You know what I mean? Like a good competition on the client side goes a long way to but like get close, you know, like and help uh, with these three things. That would be my advice for the client. For I love on the other it. Side. I love it. And I like this competition idea. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> so my last question for you today is, sounds like you're already having a ton of fun, but I always ask my guests this question. If you could do anything in the world and money were no object, talent were no object, and you weren't doing what you're doing now, mm-hmm. what would you do? Oh, my God. I think I'm only doing what I do now because I'm terrible at soccer. Uh, else I would be a soccer player. So the question is a secondary to that, to be to plan C. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think that my, I, I need to be surrounded by people who are creative and ambitious when it mm-hmm. comes to creativity. So I would probably 
consider working as a content developer, filmmaker, something like that. I'm not saying that I would be good at that. I'm just saying that I would. You you said like you have an infinite amount of money, so I don't need to be good and I'll be able to make it still. Exactly. Um, no, but like I think that I would try to do something that makes people smile, that comes across creative, and that's different, uh, and is moving people to the right direction in terms of giving hope, a smile, or just making people happy. Well, you're already making tons of people happy, uh, and I really enjoyed this. You made me happy today by showing up here, so thank you for joining me here, and um, I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm well, sure it'll be fun. Um, uh, it was my pleasure. Uh, we have an incredibly talented team of people uh, back in the office. Mm-hmm. We have amazing uh, agency partners, so I can tell you that there will be more coming, and and hopefully we'll have like the same impact that some of our campaigns have had uh, in the past couple of years. I'm sure. I'm sure. And so thank you again for joining us. And we will talk again very soon. Awesome. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm-hmm. 